City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to an episode of The Stinger on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows, making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. And today, we're covering the Greensboro Swarm for every angle, as we are joined by Tom Fox, Head Video Coordinator for the Greensboro Swarm. Uh, Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, doing great. Thank you for having me. Not at all. And Tom, the reason I wanted to have you come on the podcast was there are not many British people English people from Manchester, my hometown, or close to it, I know you're from Stoke-on-Trent originally, a little bit further south, uh, who are now working in the NBA G League or in the NBA at large. So um, I'm going to kind of speak about two things today. One, a little bit about your journey, but also just to get an insight into the day-to-day role and responsibility of a video coordinator in the G League, because I think that's something our listeners will be interested to. But I'm going to start with a really simple question that might not have a simple answer, which is how does someone go from South Cheshire College to the NBA G League video room. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, uh, it all started with Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fell in love with basketball after watching Space Jam and then uh, started playing for Stokes, Stokes Steelers. Uh, they were really young back in the day, then went to Chester Jets, Manchester Magic, and uh, played with the England team. So I then... Got to the you know eighteen and finished South Cheshire College and figured I'd give it a go in America. So um, I went over to IMG Academy in Florida. Uh, first year there, I tore my shoulder out and had to get surgery. Uh, literally uh, right after the first game, um, I had a great wow. first game as well. I was feeling really good about myself. As <laughs> um, so then that sent me out like the whole season. Uh, I went back to IMG for a second season and then. It just wasn't quite, you know, I was a year older, not quite the same, you know, starting to realize, you know, it was dawning on me that <laughs> the NBA probably wasn't going to happen for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I um, I tried to get into coaching um, and then I uh, went to university out in uh, Wisconsin, Green Bay as a student manager, um, was there for three years, just kind of learning the ropes from the ground up, um, you know, doing being a student manager, it's it's kind of uh, it's all hands on deck. You know, you can be uh, making sure the water's filled to, you know, rebounding the guys, doing scout work for the coaches. It's kind of a little bit of everything. 
So that really kind of like uh, showed me, you know, the next steps as a coach and, and I loved it. So um did that, got my degree, was really fortunate enough. Um, when I graduated, my head coach wanted to keep me on as a video coordinator for Wisconsin Green Bay. Um, and we were really good at the time. We had Kiefer Sykes, Alfonso McKinney. Uh, so, so it was a, it was a great, yeah. great team. NBA guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a mid-major uh, with NBA guys and we were playing great. Um, so just getting to learn from those guys and the coaching staff for that, that year was great. Um, then um, coaching changes happened. He left, went to Bradley. Uh, I got lucky enough, I went to Buffalo uh, with Nate Oates, who's now at Alabama, uh, as a video coordinator as, again. Was there for four years with him. Um, what was what was Nate Oates part of the Buffalo staff? That sorry, how did you you say you went with Nate Oates? What was his? Oh, journey? So, so Nate Oates was uh, it was his first year as a head coach, um, and okay. he had no staff. Um, right. So actually, it was it's kind of crazy. I uh, I reached out to him and asked to volunteer with him just because I really wanted to be a part of what they were doing. Yeah. And um, I think they all thought I was a little bit crazy. <laughs> but uh, I drove down there, and, uh, me and my wife in a U-Haul, uh, got to Buffalo, New York, and we volunteered. Uh, wow. Video coordinator for the, that first year. Uh, made the NCAA tournament um, three of the four years under Nate. Um, it was really fun. It was just great. Uh, you know, learning every day and um, building it up. And then when Nate left to go to Alabama, I got the operations job um, with the new head coach, uh, which was even more seeing everything of how everything works. Um, and then when we had a coaching change this summer, um, my first year with Nate, Danielle Marshall was on staff. Um, and D Marsh was able to help me get a, an opportunity here with the with the swarm yeah. and for the listeners Donna Marshall won the assistant coaches with the swarm this season so that's how that links is and for people who say it's a people business I mean that's an example right there right you know connections yep. people knowing who's going there I, I, there's always a link somewhere it's never just like I applied for the job and got it there's always something to it so uh yeah that's, that's a really interesting story I, I'm curious um to go back a step here uh do you have a football team that you support in England, yeah. So uh, Manchester United fan. Uh, right that, answer. Right answer. In this yeah, podcast. since I was little, United yeah. fan. Um, so uh, happy days. It's been a rough few years <laughs> from what we used to, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, red through and through. <laughs> Good. I, I'm I'm a fellow red myself. I live about three miles from the stadium, so oh, happy uh, yeah, days. love it. <laughs> I, I can attest to the uh, the painful time. I was going to say um, we might have to end the podcast if you were a, if you were a blue. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you talked about video coordinator. I guess at what point, you know, from playing to coaching to video coordinator, at, at what point did you maybe realize that actually video coordinator is that's that's the route that you want to go down? Um, I just kind of I just really like it, honestly. Um, so I've done director of operations and video coordinator now. Hmm. Um, I mean, but both were great. Um. But with the video side, it's just it's a lot more hands on with with the basketball side of things. Operations is a bit more, uh, you know, team travel as well. Uh, I, I was really fortunate at Buffalo that our coach gave me a role with the coaching side as well. But it's not always the case with operations guys. Um, but uh, no, I just, I just love it. It's um, a lot of scout work, a lot of, um, you know, working on our looking at our own guys, seeing how we can develop them more and showing them film to help them um 
but then it's also breaking down our opposition and um, you know trying to find ways to you know find the chink in their armor a little bit, find ways to capitalize on things. So I, I love it. It's just really fun. And for like, if you call it, if it's an NBA, I guess, what is your busiest day? Is it post game day? Is it game day itself? Or does it, or is it each one kind of individual to itself? <laughs> um, <laughs> it kind of depends a little bit on the, the schedule. So uh, today, uh, today is actually a, a, a relatively easy day for me because yesterday we had an off day and a travel day. So I was able to get an awful lot of work done on the plane and at home. So today I was able, I'm able to work, focus a little bit more on us instead of scouting a bit. So, um, so yeah, today, today's a good day for that, but, um, yeah, probably, uh, probably the day after the game is probably the busiest for me. Just, uh, well, actually probably the day off cause then I'm, I'm doing the, the post game cut up after the game, but then I'm going through everything in a bit more of a, you know, finer comb the day after, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So with a single game, how many times would you describe yourself like going through that single game? Would it be like twice? Would it, or would it depend? Uh, so I live code every game as it's happening. Yeah. Um, so I kind of sit the row behind the bench and I'm coding everything as we go. So that we've got stuff ready for the coaching staff at halftime for film and adjustments. Um, and post game as well, you know, so they have it everything broken down directly afterwards. Um then I'll go back through again um, and I'll go through like our playbook, um, you know, and find our efficiencies in each set that we, we run. Then I'll go through their playbook so that we've got it all logged of, you know, what they did well against us uh, set wise, um, what we guarded well, what we might need to make an adjustment on next time. Um, then I'll go through it another time just to kind of make my own personal notes um, when we have coaches meetings the next day. Um, and then after that, coaches will all send me their edits. So then <laughs> so I'll watch all their edits as well. So prob probably the total game three times and then bits and bobs of the rest of the game <laughs> a few more times. Wow. <laughs> now, I mean, sometimes watching one game, is like if it's a close loss or something, it's hard enough. Having to do that three yeah. times, you can imagine. That's that the being, worst part. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part. Yeah. Um, obviously there's a lot of right there's there's so much information these days there's so much tape like say all that information you talked about there the coach is doing edits you're doing edits what is the best way to get players to, like buy-in right you can't just send players every single clip of everything what do you find is the most effective way to get is it individual sessions is it group sessions what is the best way with like the modern day player but personally i think individual sessions a bit more because you know, guys don't want to be sitting in a locker room watching 50 clips, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think nowadays, like, they, they want, especially, like, if they're not in the clips, you know. So if you're doing a full team session, you know, there's only five guys on at the same time, right? And maybe one of those clips is only about two of the players on the floor. So mm -hmm. I feel like um, individualizing the clips is is probably more effective to get through to the guys because then you're just watching their clips and then, I think if you, you know, you, you don't want to give them too many because then it's kind of overwhelming. Um, so to me, like, you know, you, you show them, you know, between four to eight clips maybe. On um, one thing, is that like a one specific, you're trying to get across that like one point with those four to eight clips or could there be like two or three things within that? 
there'll probably be like two or three things about them unless i'm i'm really trying to like hammer something home um but yeah pro probably about two or three things on like four to eight clips and then not you know just show it them and walk them through it and you know slow it down rewind it you know what i mean just mm -hmm. i think it's easier to get through to them a little bit more when it's one-to-one -one. but now that being said like it's very you know the team sessions are very valuable as well because it's you're getting more on the team concepts and less of the individual concepts so maybe like um we're executing uh some of our sets wrong and it's not just one guy so like that they're the kind of ones that you need to show like the guy like the, the team or you know maybe our rotations aren't quite working right and it's not just you know something that you can talk to one guy about everyone needs to see it yeah um and I'm curious, do you find, obviously, being being someone from England and retaining your British accent, for the <laughs> most part, not completely, but for the most part, do you find, especially, like, at first, like, you feel you need to kind of uh, a, a resistance in terms of, like, I always, I always say it this way, because I find this, you know, in my podcast listeners, I would, like, struggle to listen to an American talk about the Premier League. And I'm so <laughs> right. biased. Because yeah. I'm talking about the NBA as a British guy, right? Do you sometimes ever like feel that that's a barrier that you need to try and like overcome at all? 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's probably like the main question I get. You know, I'm I'm a, a 5'11, you know, <laughs> unathletic looking uh, dude with an English accent. So it's like, yeah. You know, what does he off, know? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, why, why is he uh, coaching basketball? So to me, that kind of makes me like want to, you know, be on my game even more you know like i need to be able to i need to know what i'm talking about and, and especially at this level you know i mean these guys are these guys are high level pros you know i mean you know we, we just signed kent baysmore he's got you know years of nba experience you know 80 odd games a season it's like <laughs> you know i'm coming from college where we play 30 games so one season of Kent Bazemore is, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's like two and a half seasons in college. So, like, you really need to, like, know what you're talking about with these guys because they're just going to, you know, you can't you can't make it up. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be, yeah. if you know what you're talking about, you have to be honest. And I think that's the way to go with these guys. Um, but then especially being British, you know, any chink in my armor, if I'm saying something that's not right, like, they're going to, they're going to eat into it straight away and then the trust goes. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important that, you know, I, uh, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's. I know exactly what I'm talking about with these guys. And um, yeah. <laughs> and have, have you found, you talk about some, you know, some of these players are much more experienced than those who might deal with college. Do you feel you need to change your approach at all with working with professional athletes as opposed to college players or, or is the foundations pretty similar? Uh, the foundations are relatively similar. You know, I think especially college guys nowadays, um, I mean, in my experience, I, I, don't, I don't think the screaming and yelling works like it, like it used to. Like when I was growing up, I was, you know, screamed and yelled at quite a few times and, you know, that hit home with me pretty well. But nowadays, you know, you scream and yell at them and they kind of shut down a little bit. Um, so I feel like it's, it's kind of similar to how you deal with them with the pros where you just kind of you know you talk to them as 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 people you know what i mean like it's uh you know you at the end of the day our job is to try and help them be the best version of themselves mm -hmm. um and, you know 
I don't think you need to shout, shout and yell at them. I think you just have to talk to them like regular, regular people. And uh, I think they understand that for the most part. Yeah. I think that gets through to them more than shouting. <laughs> yeah. And you talk about kind of going through with the players. What? How much of a mix is it with like coaches going through clips of the players, you going through clips, players going through clips by themselves? Like, What's that balance? I don't know, like a pie chart balance type thing. <laughs> Between so, those three. So most of the guys already have coaches assigned to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like um uh Daniel Marshall is like assigned with Trey Scott. So he'll do a lot of the you know the the breakdowns of Trey individually. So I, I won't, you know what I mean? I, I'll try and make sure that I'm not overstepping my mark as well. You know what I mean? So if if I see that Danielle showed Phil to try, I'm I'm probably not gonna, you know, double tap him on it just because it's yeah. it's too much. But maybe if there's something that I feel really strongly about, and I've spoken to D Marsh and I've spoken to the other coaches just to make sure we're on the same wavelength, like then I'll I'll sit down and show them a couple of extra clips maybe here or there. Um, but uh, yeah, um, you know, you, don't, you I don't think you want to like over, you can't overdo it too much. Because then, you know, then it's in one ear, out the other ear. It doesn't quite have the yeah. same impact. And then obviously uh, with Coach, you know, um, he he deals with a lot of like the, the really big picture stuff. So I, um, you know, make sure I'm not crossing any boundaries with that. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of like the future of video coordinators, is, is there any like looking forward now five years? Do you anticipate the role, the technology changing at all or, or is it do you feel it's kind of in a pretty i don't know sedentary spot in terms of how it's done and how it will be done is is the same going forward no i think it's always changing um literally uh you know we, we have this talk so uh coach Camp, he um he was a video coordinator actually yeah. when i was at green bay he was a video coordinator at south alabama i was emailing him about video exchange so it's kind of <laughs> right. funny like so we talk often like about how video was, you know, 12 years ago and how it is now and how much it's changed. And literally every year, um, like it's, something new comes about, you know, to, to make our lives easier or to enhance uh, the stats or the analytics or just overall, it's, 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 ever, it's ever changing basically. So um, yeah. I think it's always going to change and evolve. Um, and then it's just up to us just to kind of stick with the times and, <laughs> and yeah. keep moving. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we were talking about it. I mean, I used to cut games at Green Bay on uh, Windows Movie Maker, and then, you know, post games we uh, we had a, a DVD stack recording. So like on road trips, I'd be carrying around like a um, a seven tier seven tier DVD burner. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, to get all our coaches the DVDs after the game, and then. I'm, and now it's all, you know, everything's on sports code. Everything's, you know, I mean, I can airdrop a file. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's uh, technology's ever changing. So it's uh, it's always going to change in advance, especially now that analytics has taken um, a forefront into it as well. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely always on the move. And, and speaking of analytics, there's obviously programs now that exist like Synergy that have a lot of your clips and they're able to, you know, profile in terms of like, you know, pick and roll ball handler, spot up shooting. A, a kind of two-tiered question. I've heard in the NBA, a lot of 
statistic departments like NVIDIA departments use their own stats. Yeah. I, I guess the question is one, how much would you use <laughs> Synergy or do you kind of like have your own? And two, how accurate when you look at some of that stuff, um, do you treat it as, you know, working within the league? Uh, so so we use second spectrum for the most part yep. here in the G League. In uh, in college, it's a lot of a lot of synergy. Um, but uh, second spectrum has been great. Whenever it's it's been a, it's been a bit down this year because some of the they changed the with the Hawkeye. Is it all to do with that Hawkeye switch, or is that something? Yeah, else? I think it's a bit to do with the switch over with that. So some of our games haven't been logged. It's that and the other. But when it does get logged, uh, Sports Code's fantastic. I mean, it, it breaks it down, you know, to the nth degree. Uh, it's really good stuff. And then we also have our own analytics department uh, with the Hornets. They send us, you know, post-game reports, pre-game reports, um, every game. Um, that's high-level stuff. And then yeah. we also go through things ourselves. You know, like, like I said, I'll go through the playbook and get the uh, the efficiency of each set. So, like, I'm working out the points for possession of every action that we do. Um, then we have um, our other assistant coach, uh, Jonathan Yim. He, he'll do his own, um, you know, stats and analytics himself and send us all out an email every post game with some of our ratings and stuff like that. So it's, um, it's really good, but like, yeah, it's very, like, uh, second spectrum is incredibly accurate when it's logged, um, synergy is as well. Um, probably not quite to the same level as second spectrum is, but synergy is also yeah. really good, uh, for college. It's great. Yeah. Um, when you talk about the, the Hornets department a little bit, I guess, how much do you supplement the, your film sessions at all with Hornets for, in terms of like set style of play? Or, or is that kind of like when someone gets a call up or is that specific just with two-way guys? I'm just curious, like what is that kind of, how much crossover is there? So I think we, tr we try and run a lot of the base stuff that the Hornets run so that whenever yeah. our two-ways come up or go down or, you know, we had Nick Smith come up to us, um, like, I think it's, uh, you know, it's vital that they know what, what's going on and it's a bit of a seamless transition. So we keep a lot of the, the base stuff um, as similar as we can. Um, you know, Coach will add in some of his own ATOs and a tweak here or there. But for the most part, we try and keep, you know, the terminology, the, the, the base actions the, the same. Understood. Um, coming towards the end here, a couple of questions, and uh, hopefully you can answer these. If you can't, I understand. Uh, what is you talk about your most efficient sets? Can you reveal which is your most efficient set? Is that is that public knowledge? I probably can't. I'm not. I'm okay. not going to. So just in, just in case we got any like Windy City Bulls followers. Uh... <laughs> I understood. I, I thought I was just curious. They'll um, probably know though. <laughs> yeah. The the next one. Who is the biggest? film geek on the team can you share this who is the biggest film geek who do you think is the uh, guy coming to you saying tom I, I want more can you show me this who is that guy we have we have a few of those guys um i would say jalen sims in particular yeah uh so every flight we have uh i always take two laptops with me everywhere um so he always takes my personal laptop and he always wants to watch game film on yeah. the plane of whoever we're about to play and so he's he's uh, very very active on trying to get extra film and but all the guys all the guys are for the most part are very much wanting film. So like yeah. after every game, 
they all re- it's got to the point now where I just send it out automatically. But at the start of the season, you know, they would all be asking for the the minutes they played in the game and uh, their clips broken down, so I can just send it out so they can watch it at night. Uh, so now I just send it all out. <laughs> Blanket. I guess it's a different generation now, probably even to ten years ago, where this generation. I've probably mostly grown up with film access to, you know, these things and having film break down. Whereas 10 years ago, that was probably new when you maybe got to the pros. Um, oh, or, or, yeah. So it's uh, they're probably more conditioned to, to get used to engaging with it, I guess. Yeah. And it's so easy, you know, cause I mean, half these guys are on their phones all the time and that, so I just send it to their phones. They can all just watch it whenever they, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we're at the airport, we're waiting for the flight. They can just watch it on their phones before they go to bed, whatever it is. It's, it's so convenient now compared to the old days of, you know, <laughs> you had to put it in a portable DVD player or <laughs> yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tom, thank you very much for your time today. It's uh, been a really good insight into the role of a, a G League video coordinator and uh, to hear a little bit about your journey to the NBA G League from, from Stoke, from the Stoke Steelers. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for your time and uh, best of luck with the game today and uh, have best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks.